podcasting from Astrolab Studios. This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Tech War, episodes 9 and 10. Despite what the fuzzy thinkers say, these are just machines, folks. They can't feel, can't grow, can't learn any differently than a decent computer. And like computers, they have no rights. Why? Because you can't program a soul. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Continuum Drag. And what was that? Um, in the last episode, you, you had the expression from... Uh... Uh, remember those that airport episode where the guy used that funny future expression and then you used it at the opening of the episode and I didn't catch it at all. What's real, Jordan? Yeah, what's real? What's real, Jordan? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. We're glad we got there. Yeah. Um, what's real? Well, it's another exciting week of Tech War. Um, I hope you've strapped into your seats for this one. Yeah. It's going to be more of the same. That's more not true. This is, this is a pretty uh, great week. Uh, in that we're getting into the worlds of both androids and prostitution. I would say, war. off the bat, these I thought these episodes were at a higher level than the previous previous few. No, well, there you go. I think we're yeah. uh, you're coming in on a high note. Yeah. Well, I'm not really. I'm really grumpy, but but the episodes <laughs> themselves were better. So it's really cheer you up to talk yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I understand you uh, have a segment for us. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought we would we could do a little quick little uh, game. I guess the best way to call it, which is um, I've I've very cleverly called it, Mary, kiss gently on a mission, or send to the freezer, because those seems to be seem to be the three things that happen constantly. Except for actually, no one's got married yet on this show. MKF. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Kiss Freezer. Yeah, Mary Kiss Freezer. So I would say if we're doing this, round one. Oh, we're doing this. Okay, so round one, we can each pick who is going to be. Your choices are Bascom, Cardigan, Nika. Tough choices, Jordan. I mean, Bascom is uh, hasn't been around much, is kind of a bad boss. Yeah, he's a very, he's a, he's a very bad boss. But Jake is kind of an awful person but for the most part. Um, and, uh, Nika, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about Nika really. Uh, all right. Let, let me see if I can do this. All right. Mary. I think I'm going to marry Bascom. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think I like that he's an absentee husband. That's good for me. Uh, get my own free time. I think I'll kiss Nika. She's a bit mouthy, but that's okay. I like a little <laughs> sass, like a little yeah. sass. That's good. Um, and, I think you meant uh, she's a little bit mouthy in terms of the kissing. Oh yeah, she uses her whole mouth. Her whole mouth. Uh, and I think uh, that only leaves uh, Cardigan to go back to the freezer where he belongs. Well, here's the thing. I felt exactly the same way. Bascom's got the money, so I'm marrying him. Nika, oh whatever, I guess she can like find some torrents of some TV shows for us to watch, so we can kiss while that's happening. And then Jake, back to the freezer where he belongs. Oh, Jake, so unloved. So, okay. So, round two, Bascom, Nika, Sid. Well, I, I mean, this is, I, I'm marrying Sid for sure. I love Sid. Now I got to decide of the two from before who I would send to the freezer. I guess I'd, I'm going to send Nika to the freezer. Shatner, I mean, he may have killed his wife, but he's got those soft, soft lifts. I'd be pretty similar, except I'd still marry Bascom. I kiss Sid. And send Nika to the freezer. Was that yours? Is that the same order? No, 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 no. I, mar- I married, I married okay. Sid. But that does mean I that for round three, we have the same people still. So the choice is 
Bascom, Sid, Beth. Remember Beth? She was there for a couple episodes <laughs> and then Beth. and then disappeared. And again, Mary, kiss gently on a mission, sent to the freezer. All right. I'm going to marry Beth because she's uh, level-headed. Yeah, she, uh, until when she takes jobs that uh, that uh, she just meets someone for a day who gives her a free dress and then she takes a job that's not too level-headed. She has uh, at least one degree in science, possibly more. She just she just seems like an uh, all-around nice person. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to kiss Sid because uh, I didn't get to kiss him last time, but oh, man, I want a little kiss on Sid's lips there. Um, and Bascom... Get in there with Jake and Nika. You're in the freezer. I think this is the first one we really disagree on. Really? Yeah. Sid to the freezer. What? Yeah. I'm still marrying Bascom. Why? Why would? Kissing. Why would you send Sid to the freezer? No, he's not. He's not any good for anything. He's already dead in the show. He's done. So is Beth and probably Bascom. We haven't seen. Yeah. Him. Fair enough. Bascom could be dead. He could be the whole. He could be dead in his office right now, but no one's bothered to check on him. All right. Sid freezer. Yeah. Sid freezer. Mary uh, Bascom. Kiss Beth. All right, all yeah. right. She's wearing a little negligee she wore in that episode, I guess. And Bascom's still wearing that suit. Um, okay, final round. So we've got, for you, it would be uh, Sid, Beth, or Houston. I think it's still Mary. Maybe I'll switch it, maybe I'll switch it back. I'm going to marry Sid again. I'm a big Sid fan. Yeah, I can tell that. I love it's Sid. Getting, it's getting gross. Kiss Beth uh, and Houston to the freezer. She's just female Jake. <laughs> yeah, I think I would... Uh, yeah, I think probably mine, I'd send Baskin back to the freezer this round. After marrying him so yeah. many times. After marrying him so many times, I'm like, all right, I'm done with you now. To the freezer. I'll see you in 100 years for your non-punishment. Anyways, that's... Uh... Wait, wait, what about, what about Houston? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Who don't I have? Houston, I uh, I don't know. I'll kiss Houston, and who else is there? Beth? I'll marry Beth. Why not? She's got a nice apartment. Great. For this sounds this is this has been fantastic. It's and I've it's been very well thought out in both on both our ends. <laughs> um well that was fun. Thanks for putting that together. Did you want a little Mary Freezer kiss? Yeah. Yeah. It's kiss gently though. Get it right. All right, Jordan, let's get in to episode nine of Tech War Deadline. All right. What's the synopsis? Winger is attacked by someone that steals his CRU. Without it, he has eighteen hours until he dies, because he cannot replace it due to a new law. They are phasing out androids, so he has to be quiet and try to fix things on his own. Um, yeah, I actually I actually didn't mind this episode. Uh, I will say, though, that the actual premise I don't think makes any sense. For the amount of effort it would have been to create androids and to give them specific professions and everything everything else that would be involved in that, and then someone goes, yeah, I think we're going to get rid of them. That's, that's not going to happen. That'd be like creating a car... And then saying after 10 years of having cars, I think we're going to get rid of them all. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. Society's changed now. Forget it. <laughs> it, it is. Well, I will get into this quite a bit. But like, first of all, they introduced the idea there are androids. I know. Which, by the way, I, I, I almost I almost want to give TechWar credit that we've had this guy, old forehead, walking around for almost 10 episodes now and in episode 9 they finally tell you what he is I actually was going back and I look at our first episode we had a, lo- a rather long discussion of what he was and you said at one point uh, oh he's well he's kind of acting a little robotic but we discussed if he was an alien or not he's not an alien he's a robot I mean at this point I had thought he was like genetically engineered or something right that's as far as I'd gotten but very quickly in this episode like it, it starts off at city street at night there's a giant TV for some reason on the side of a building. 
Yeah, that and, was weird, right? And and it's showing a like Fox News style broadcast of Gerald Rhodes, the last, the last word. word. Yeah, he was very. Um, uh, I, again, uh, you got to give credit where credit's due, and for Tech War, it was very similar to like a post two thousand. Uh, post 2001 yeah, it's real Fox News sort of Sean Hannity Bill O'Reilly sort of thing real pundit real pundit which like- to be fair wasn't really I mean I think Rush Limbaugh was around at the time but that sort of TV editorializing kind of um, uh, opinion as masked as news wasn't really a thing yet so good for them yeah well and I mean he's talking about how uh, Mecca should have no rights or probably currently have no rights how uh, Senator John Thornton, who had once said the only good Android is the dismantled Android, has been assassinated and he's their hero. Like the, he's, he's very much this is very much going to be a metaphor for androids as immigrant labor. Well, you think it is, but they don't really seem to land land on that. They get a little wish-washy halfway through the episode, for sure. Like, they, they lean into it early and then start giving up on that thought process very quickly. Well, and, and I mean, again, we can get more into it. But I actually thought if the episode was about what does it mean to sort of humanity or to have a soul or to have consciousness, um, that would have been an interesting episode. But they sort of hinted that. And then they also flirt with, it's kind of about immigration. Oh, it's kind of about race. It's kind of about all these other sorts of ideas. And they sort of don't land on any of them. And that's what I caught, thought uh, kind of hurt the episode a little bit. Um, so after we get this like little little prologue of to the plight of Andrew and androids, apologies, Winger is randomly meeting some dude after hours in the street. Lieutenant Winger, the police officer, android. They attack him, throw him into a power box where he's electrocuted, and then, like, data style, push a button in the back of his head and, like, pull a chip out of his brain. I love that, actually, though. I, I have a, a real affinity for science fiction shows that show robots, and the inside of robots is just, like, lights and, and cables and wires and things because it makes no sense, but it just looks better than... You know, it was a good effect when they yeah, when I liked they, it. I when they it took the chip out of his head. It was it was pretty good. Um, it was all I take in since it was the first time I was discovering he was an android. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Also, I'm pretty sure he got a haircut. Oh, he might have. He had longer hair earlier. I'm almost positive. Well, now that he's like kind of a regular. Yeah, and he always wears that same yellow turtleneck. Huh? He never changes. Well, it he's up. an android, doesn't he? It might be part of his body. Right. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. He might not have any like. It might just be wires under that turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, eh, don't don't spend all the money on the extra skin. Just do his hands and face. That's it. It's all, it's all we'll all cover it with a turtleneck. No one will know. <laughs> um, so from here, we jump immediately to Cosmos because Winger is hiring Jake to help him get the chip that was stolen, which is a CRU or his cortical relay unit. Yeah. Did you catch what this thing does? Yeah, it keeps him going. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It, it to be fair, it doesn't make much sense that they would create an android who as, this thing is essentially his battery, right? You take the battery out, and he only has so much, so long to live without it. Well, what they say it does is it regulates his motor skills, his memory, and his reason. Mm-hmm. But I don't like if you took that out, wouldn't he like there's if there's something regulate like isn't he just non-functioning? Well, he, that's the thing. It, they they wrote themselves into a hole without it. So if you take it out, he's not functioning. So they have to be like, you have, oh, you have 18 hours. You have 18 hours for some reason where you can work without all these things. It's uh, like, oh, I've taken out your nervous system. But you've got a couple hours. You, don't worry. Go get a new one. You'll be yeah, fine. You'll get a new one. Um, but yeah, so he hires Jake to go off books with him to get it, to get it back. 
here's the thing about Jake, though. It's another episode and another character giving an opinion they've never uttered before. And in this episode, it's Jake being very anti-robots or an- androids, excuse me. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's, it's the same thing as when Sid was suddenly really against bureaucrats for no reason. He's now, because they need him to, you know, go on this emotional journey, which he doesn't, of course, because he's Jake. But it to, to go, oh, well, he's learned, he's learned to appreciate not only Winger, but robots in general. But he doesn't really. And also, he's never had, I, I don't remember an episode where he was all going like, I hate these mechs or whatever. That That's true. Happen. I mean, he's always hated Winger, though. He's hated Winger, but because he's uh, he doesn't he doesn't like any sort of uh, sense of authority. That's true. So uh, and he's jealous of his turtlenecks. Now that we've reached the first checkpoint of a good Tech Wars episode, Jake has a partner. I know. And it's Winger. The first thing they need to do is find out who stole the CRU. So Jake says, let's go to Andy Town. Yeah, Andy Town. This is the best. I've never heard an android slanged as Andy before. Yeah. And the rest of the episode, they'll just constantly be referring to them as Andy. Andy's. Well, Andy seems like um, uh, a nice euphemistic term where uh, mech is, is, the, is, the, uh, is the negative the negative uh, uh well we will we will hear later someone calls him a mech and that is like a slur to yeah. uh, winger he doesn't right. he doesn't care for that he's okay with andy yeah andy's andy's cute but yeah mech is too is a step too far isn't it disappointing though they go to they go to andy town you don't see there's nothing that indicates that there's that there's androids here there's no like uh uh portals on the on the wall that have plugs that they plug into or there's no i don't know android specific scenery it's just it's just a bad set that's a bar. No, you never get any sort of establishing shot. Like, literally, the, the next shot is, like, from a low angle of a building of a sign that says Lucinda's Bar, which I guess is an Andy bar, which we go into and we watch two Andys having a drink, complaining about how humans make them do the bad jobs, like colonizing Mars. So what are they drinking? They're androids. I know. I thought the same thing. It's an but android bar that humans also go to. That's what I mean. It's an android bar. Shouldn't it just have android-specific stuff? Whatever they're... You know, if this was the 1940s, it'd be they drinking oil or something. But he's an android, so they should just be, I don't know, getting tune-ups to their light bulbs or something. Yeah, I, it's very weird. And the only other thing we learned about androids in this moment is that androids also hate Winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I kind of actually, actually felt a little bad for him. The humans don't like him, and the androids don't like him. Yeah, he showed up, and all the androids who are talking about how unfair humans treat him see him, and they immediately start treating Winger badly. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's not really fair to him that they don't like him because he's a cop who plays by the rules. It's like, isn't he programmed that way? Well, and he's the he's the only cop left on the force who's an android. Like, I'm just like, like I guess he's because he works with the man. It just it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, though, well, because again, they needed just I don't know. They needed everyone to dislike Winger. Pile on Winger. Yeah. Although, um, a side note, the makeup on him makes sense and looks okay. But it looks dumb on every other person because clearly the idea was he has a specific type of face and we'll create this weird little plate on his forehead. But I thought all the other robots ended up looking like Neanderthals. It definitely, uh, especially the woman. I mean, it's really it's a it's a it's a tough prosthetic. Like it does just make you look like a Neanderthal. So like the more people you put it on, the worse and worse it gets. Yeah. It's, 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 also, did, was it ever clear if these robots have emotions or not? Because they talk about things as if they do, but then none of them really 
ever show it or it's just it's done in a weird artificial way because even at one point she said like to winger it'd be nice if you smile more i was like but you haven't smiled the whole episode not one of these androids have smiled well we'll get into this now but uh, did you notice she says that and he smiles and he actually reaches up and touches his smile as if to like figure out what it looks like yeah i did notice that. um I'll, I'll get into this now because i i had notes on this but uh the like the concept of what an android is in this world is 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 a kind of a weird mythology because yeah um their behavior stilted mm-hmm. they're like the way they talk is stilted they seem to be fully sentient and maybe have emotions but they just have no way of expressing them properly i think i think again it's a, a real decision wasn't really made so you have someone's like you're an android okay i will act like this and it's like but it doesn't really work in the plot because they clearly have feelings because they're they feel unjustly put into these positions and feel that they're not getting proper respect and they have uh, emotions toward each other yeah they right? don't so like, like winger yeah but they but you never see them laughing you never see them oh and they also imply that they uh that they have you know sexual relations that well that things get a little flirty between yeah. uh, a couple androids in this episode yeah um do you think do you think if they had that scene they'd use those funny robotic noises like they do when he was breaking down <laughs> I hope so. I yeah. hope that's. I hope that was the in the Bible. Yeah. The show. <laughs> um, oh, they clearly did not have a Bible for this. The other thing that I thought was interesting about their like their choice for how androids in this world exist. Most show most most of science fiction when there's an android, they have like the ability to self diagnostic or understand their interior workings. Like they can they can like take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Literally in this episode, they have to go into one of the androids' bodies, and one of the androids is like. I, I don't know what's in there. I don't know how that works. Like, they literally seem to have, like, no concept of, the, like, their internal structure. But Winger did know he had a tracking device on his leg. Yeah, but it wasn't because he, like, could run diagnostic. It just felt like maybe he found it one day while touching his leg. Right. Because, like, the one was just, the like... Same way he touched his mouth when he was smiling. He's like, my knee moved. That's weird. Let me feel it. Like, Lucinda, the other android, like, she explicitly states, like, she can't go cut into him because she has no idea what their interiors look like. Normally, you'd expect them to have full diagnostics. Well, another another point, and you might have already had this in your notes, but it's also odd that androids were androids have been created, but they've been created for specific jobs, but they still give them all of the qualities and characteristics of a human. So it's like, well, why bother? Yeah. If, you, if you're if you're creating an android who's literally just going to sweep up all day. Why does he need to be able to even speak? Or why does he need to be able to uh, go get a drink at the Andy bar? Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't quite add up. And yeah. maybe again, I'm I'm thinking, overthinking it too much, which I'm probably in because it's tech war. But it's funny to introduce a concept and seemingly uh, give very little thought behind it. That is just what I found interesting about the androids of this world. Like they're such complicated creatures given terrible jobs yeah who don't really understand anything about themselves but they have like like emotions and strong feelings of injustice it's very weird yeah so where we are right now i think as we just went on a bit of a uh, a little tangent they've gone to the bar yeah lucinda basically owes jake a favor the android owner of the bar because jake helped her get a blue card which I assume is like a green card or something for androids to work. Yeah, that's what they implied. Um, and she says, hey, you should go to Ziegler Manufacturing or the robots where the, where the Andes work because there's a guy there who's also looking for a CRU. So uh, Jake and Winger move off to this like factory where they bump into Rhodes who's hanging out 
trying to like catch robot workers and to harass them for his TV show or something. What we get to learn here, though, is uh, three slurs for robots. Oh, yeah? What were those? <laughs> Mech. Right. Which Winger takes offense to. Hardbacks. Hmm. Like a wetback, but an right. android. Right. Um, and then he calls them un- uh, undocumented, but I, that's like... Right. Like they're not- well, again, they're sort of playing with this, with an idea of maybe they're making a comment on immigration, but... Probably not. And we also learn here that Winger is in charge of the senator's assassination case. He's just a local cop. A senator dies. You don't give one guy on a, like the town police force the job of like finding out who killed the senator. I don't know. Spoiler alert for the next episode, but maybe it's this uh, Parker. At any rate, we kind of have this like just re- reinforcement that Rhodes is a bad person. Probably the villain. Like, it's they're driving home pretty hard. And then they go into the factory where they find this robot, this Andy, who's trying to buy himself a CRU. He's paid 10,000 credits to some huckster, and he never got it delivered because his has also been stolen. Uh, at which point he has a total meltdown and takes out a comically big wrench and hits I, Winger in the face with it. It really was very funny. Like, like props really <laughs> drop the ball on that wrench. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess the idea is... They have to work with really giant machines. You never see them, so he just owns a giant wrench. Well, he's working the laser saw. That's what they mentioned. Oh, yeah. They do mention that this guy is working a laser saw. Not your normal normal saw you have here, but in the future they're called laser saws. Uh, Winger then defends himself, which we'll come to learn is a robot-killing gun. You can only kill robots with a specific gun. Yeah. Shoots the robot in the face. Yeah, which is great because it gives him a robot face goo, which is one of my favorite things so far in nine episodes. The, the scene of him turning over with his face goo was one of my favorite things. No, it is great. They have like an animatronic head on the ground. And as it turns over, it's like his skin is melted off and there's just spaghetti pouring out <laughs> yeah, of his it's face. Great. It's, it's great. It's so gross and so awesome. Yeah, the, the show would greatly benefit from more scenes like this. I'd love to see that happen to Jake. <laughs> and basically, they now are like... Okay, we need to find out who this woman who is supposed to sell this guy's CRU is. This is a total pointless tangent, but I'm going to bring it up for two reasons. Winger gives Jake his gun and tells Jake to kill him if he goes crazy, mm-hmm. like the guy at the factory. They go to this huckster. She was just ripping off this. She never had a CRU. It's all. It's just like another pointless red herring in the show. But A, we learn Winger's nine years old. Oh, yeah. He mentions that, right? Yeah. And B... In some random line of dialogue that never comes up again about someone who may know something, that it's all pointless. But Jake immediately is just like, I know that guy. He died six months ago. He like knows it so fast, like this random guy that yeah. gets mentioned. At this point, I'm starting to wonder, is Jake and Andy? Oh, um, I think it's unlikely. And and the reason I think it's unlikely is that would be too interesting, <laughs> interesting a turn for Tech War. I mean, that would be something if at the end of the show you go, oh, wow, Jake was a an android the whole time he went and to the freezer his body died they transferred his consciousness into a row an andy jake again it would be a more interesting show if if this is his sort of journey along the way he finds out that nothing he thought was real is real but i'm almost positive that he's just gonna stay this i guess he's supposed to be suave or whatever neo noir detective guy who kind of works on tech stuff but doesn't really i think one episode they've solved a tech related case everything else has just been case of the week that has marginally connected to i'm just gonna start i'm gonna start viewing the show through the window that jake is secretly an android it it might be actually more enjoyable for any other person who wants to put themselves through the torture of watching this show 
I'm going to also, what can I plan? I'm going to pretend that it's all a, a dream from uh, Johnny Marbles. What was that guy in the first episode? Johnny Marbles? <laughs> Dollar? Marty Dollar? Marty Dollar. That was the one. It's all his dream. What a terrible dream. Yeah. In, in, his, in his life, he's married to Beth. And he's dreamt this whole thing at the very end of the episode. It's going to be like Bob Newhart. He's going to wake up and go, oh, I had the, you wouldn't believe what my dream was. And I dreamt about this not very good show where uh, this guy solves kind of tech-related crimes. <laughs> anyway, they like turn around and go back to Lucinda's bar where she's getting trouble from a bunch of human supremacists who are at her bar having a drink. Yeah, but to, like, Human to, supremacists. To be fair, she's also showing... Rose's show at her bar that's like shouting down androids and so she's got a bunch of like pro-human sympathizers drinking in her bar watching it I'm just like but they're also way too excited for what like they're just watching a normal show and and you would think they're watching you know a, a basketball game or something they're cheering and they're throwing stuff they're they're super excited it's like they're just watching some guy talk even if they're really into what he's saying they wouldn't be reacting that way but it is funny that you think she would just keep it to some I don't know Andy positive uh, programming on her bar, but in her Andy bar, in her Andy bar, and also why would they go to that bar? A whole thing, like it was, it was, it was just they needed a scene to happen because Jake and Winger show up, they beat them up very quickly, and I have to say, I have two, two, two quick notes. One, I actually kind of like the combo of uh, Winger and Cardigan, and if that was the show, like a partnership, I think it it has a bit of an interesting dynamic, except. In classic Jake fashion, th- the partner never really needs Jake. Jake's always running around, but he doesn't actually do anything or he's not terribly effective. Like, w- Winger has gone to him to get help, to help discover who stole this this uh, CRU. chip, CRU chip. But he doesn't need Jake there. He could go do this all by himself. Yeah, like, Jake's th- th- providing he, nothing. He's providing nothing. So it's like, why are you even paying paying whatever Jake's stupid out, outlandish fee is so he can come around and then be not very nice to you the entire time. Yeah. I, I mean, anyway, it's it's ridiculous. They're back at Lucinda's bar, at which point Lucinda offers another explanation. Like, she's been sent, like, she sent them on this first goose chase, and now she's like, oh, well, what if that uh, Ziegler guy who runs the factory, I don't know, maybe he's taking the CRUs to stop robot activists because he uses robot labor at his factory. Like, I just like, okay, I guess we'll just try this string now. Um, but on the plus side, we're now getting another sort of new trend in these episodes. Halfway through the episode, <laughs> a Houston new shows up. I know. Uh, and I know. It's so funny. She just keeps coming by. But it's like, I wonder what excuse she's going to use for her boss. You know, because last time it was like, well, Sid died. This person she tangentially knew. And she's going to take time off work. She's also, she's uh, what I'm saying. She's the worst cop ever. Well, here's the thing I wanted to bring up. Uh when we first saw her, she was taking over for that task force that like got the I know. and I thought she was like a government agent. That that is what they implied, and now, and now she's, she's just a cop. She's the same as Winger; she's just another cop. Yeah, and she and she also doesn't like androids. Uh, yeah, she also like she's there to take Winger in, basically. Yeah, because he's gone rogue. I, so she, she's gonna take Winger in. Lucinda can't stand for that because she has the hots now for Winger. So she pulls a gun. Yeah, she changed her tune real quick. Apropos of nothing. And Tech War, for the first time ever, doubles down and we get exponential partners. Houston and Jake break off in a partnership and Winger and Lucinda break off. We've got two competing partner teams. Yeah, I didn't realize that. You're right. They they love partners on this show. You can't go anywhere without a partner. Well, you need someone to talk to. They need someone to give dialogue to someone else. How are you going to cross the street if you don't hold someone's hand? Yeah. Uh, 
So uh, this does not last for very long. We kind of have this dueling partner scenes where we get into the idea that Winger has a tracking device in his leg. Jake finds out when they're going to track him with it, and suddenly he's upset that the police force would track a robot. Even yeah, he, yeah, he has. He's, he's Winger kind of has a bit of an existential crisis halfway through the episode. They get the tracker out of his out of his leg, and Lucinda gives it to this a- Andy we've seen a couple times. I guess he's like leading a android resistance, and he's, they're like, "Can you help us?" So he takes the tracker, he walks it back to Lucinda's bar, and like basically plants it on which this other android who like we we learned is a runaway android he ran away from his owners so i guess it's now a slave metaphor well it was funny cuz it's two things i think they happened in succession which was lucinda gives the guy the chip to hide and he's like yeah i'll take it all i'll put it far away and he takes it all of 10 feet to dispose of it and then at one and then she says i i can't come back to my bar i don't know when i'm going to be back the answer is like 2 minutes from now she goes back to her power like almost immediately. It becomes quite clear quite quickly this and resistance fighter android guy they're relying on. Like as soon as he drops off the thing, he also just calls Lucinda on the phone and is like, "Oh, by the way, uh, I heard that um, that Ziegler guy runs the factory. He killed the senator, and he took Winger's CRU chip. You should go there." Yeah. So it's like this is obviously a setup. So they head over there. And uh, they break into the factory. They break into the safe, and Winger finds his chip, and it's been and it's dead. It's broken. Like yeah. his, his last hope is gone. So he starts smashing the guy's office up, and then he calls them on the phone and says, "Get down here! I need to talk to you." So he like he calls the owner and asks him to come down to the factory. Well, a couple notes. One, Seedler has a real good Bill Cosby sweater on, and uh, which I guess you probably can't joke about anymore. Uh, thanks a lot, Bill Cosby. Um, and uh, the other thing was, Winger makes it a uh, makes a, a point that he doesn't want to get a new CRU off of the black market, which is apparently available because it's it's illegal and blah blah blah. But my point was, okay, so it's illegal, and I know he plays things by the book, but why why limit himself to eighteen hours? Does he not want to survive? He could always just get one on the black market, put it in his head. And take some extra time and go find the chip and then take it back out. And it's like, what is it? What's the big deal? He doesn't have to keep it. Uh, it's like, oh, you've been given a diagnosis for cancer. You could take some medication and you'll live three years or don't take the medication and you'll live two days. Yeah, I think I'll take my chance with the two days. It's like, well, you're an idiot. He, 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 mor- he morally won't stand for it. That illegal drug he could easily get. Yeah. It's stupid. Um, it is. It is still like. He's an idiot. He's just he's just too good a cop. Classic Mac, am I right? Meanwhile, uh, basically, Jake and Houston find the tracking device with this runaway robot who attacks them because he thinks they're going to take him away for being a runaway robot. And Jake just electrocutes him. Right. It seems really cruel what Jake does to him, considering it's all a misunderstanding. But essentially, Lucinda like walks out on Winger, who's called this Ziegler guy to show up, just walks back to her bar, finds them standing over this like half dead robot, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, um, Winger, yeah, he's just over at that factory." Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. just uh, like they've separated them for all of ten minutes for no reason. Yeah, it's classic tech work. Anyway, this this leads into the big final uh, final conflict of the show where Winger's now got Ziegler at gunpoint. He's lecturing him on android rights and how dare he like treat androids this way hit a real turn uh and jake shows up and then he jake shows up and he gives winger a speech about friends and enemies and how he may not like winger for being a 
to buy the book cop but it's because he's that not because he hates him because he's a robot he hates him because he's just too good a cop so it's like it's like I don't hate you because you're ethnicity. I hate you because you're a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically yeah. that's basically the speech. While he's giving that, Ziegler just kind of like... Walks away. He just wanders off. Like, he's so... Winger's so distracted by the speech, Ziegler kind of toddles away. And if you're wondering what happened to Houston during all of this, we cut away and she's wandering the factory randomly where she bumps into uh, Rhodes and his cameraman who are also wandering the factory. And she just like the cameraman turns to her and just knocks her the fuck out. I know it was it didn't it didn't take any effort on his part. Also, did you notice that they they uh, the camera guy just has the cameras just glasses? Yeah, yeah glasses, they d- and they got like a little microphone with it. They just wear a headset and like there's just like a little tiny camera on the side of his face. Yeah, that's good. It's like uh, remember when Google put out those glasses? Yeah, that's, they thought they're gonna revolutionize things. That was an ENG camera in yeah. 2045. Just, yeah, uh, just a Google glass. So Jake has stopped Winger from killing this man. And of course, Rhodes reveals himself and his plan that he had killed the senator. And this was all some sort of plan to get Winger on camera killing Ziegler so that he could either A, get better ratings or B, he wanted to run for the senator's office. Like, it's not clear. Yeah. Like, And also, it's it was a long way to go. Like, it's like, oh, you just need to have Winger shoot someone. Like, it just it just seemed like I don't I don't know how how. Uh foolproof this plan was that the he, guy he was, was already uh, a popular right-wing media candidate like he could have run he had already killed the senator he could have just i guess he needed for winger to die and be covered up so that winger's investigation would never uncover i don't know it was a very convoluted plan for this man to be able to run for office he could have just done it at any time right but uh now we get a human versus human fight and an andy versus andy fight uh this time jake gets with giant wrench Oh, I didn't even remember, did he? Yeah. The giant wrench comes back out, and Jake gets hit with it this time. That's funny. Because uh, you can't not use a giant wrench twice. You yeah. have to get it back in there. Winger tosses his, the the evil Andy, who is the resistance fighter, who's been working with uh, the bad guy all along, yeah. through lasers, I guess. Yeah. Uh, killing him, at which point Jake shows up, pulls the CRU from the bad android, puts it into Winger, saving his life. Which, by the way, is pretty much what winger could have done from the beginning because he's just taken another robot's chip he could have just done that on the black market and we could have just moved, moved on, on. Did you, as as winger as, as as sorry as jake puts the cru in and winger comes back online he asks winger are you all right and winger says no i have a splitting headache yeah i was just like i don't know what that means why do you have a splitting headache? it would have been a funnier line if the laser had cut his head in half and then when he wakes up, like he wakes up, his head's in two pieces, and then he gets sense he has a like, splitting headache. You know, like <laughs> it was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of pun. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a better. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll write to the I'll write a note to the the writer and see if he can change that for yeah. the for the uh, Blu-ray release. Oh, and let, let me mention one thing. There's been a weird constant thing that's been mentioned in almost every single episode up to this point, and it was kind of funny the first time. Is is expense reports have you noticed this well this is what i'm gonna get into is they mention it every episode and it's at first it was like oh funny they have to do an expense report but now it's like a i don't know if it's a running joke or what it is but literally every single episode someone mentions and complains about an expense report well this is how the show ends like there's like a stinger moment we get to see uh lucinda and wing are getting flirty like they might hook up later but Winger's really angry because jake's expense report He's just got like all kinds of unreasonable expenses on his expense report. 
And to be fair, Jake was hired what? Like he had 18 hours to live. He probably hired Jake with 12 hours left. Where did Jake incur all these expenses? Not only that, Wigger was with him the whole time. So like he was like, he must, he's like, I know we didn't go to lunch. You know, yeah. there's no time. So it's like, why are you putting in a lunch thing? Yeah. He, he literally asked like, what is this lunch order on here? Yeah, it was completely reasonable. I, like, I do feel like Jake is just lying on his expense report. Yeah. But again, every time now they mention expense report, I just, oh, come on guys. Enough. Like it's, it's not as funny as you think it is. I, I think it's maybe it's the, maybe they're laying the groundwork for uh, how corrupt Jake is. The later he'll get taken down, he'll he'll just get audited in the last episode. <laughs> it's a tax audit. That's a yeah. good episode. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to episode ten. I want something I can't find in the usual dives. Girls, boys, or Android VR. So what's your fantasy? You have it pointed, handsome. Retry or abort. What's the matter? Didn't you like the preview? Uh, well, <clears throat> VR sex is like taking a shower with the water off. <clears throat> well, let's get wet. So episode 10, Carlotta's Room. Mm-hmm. Jake's politician friend frequents a brothel and fell in love with Carlita, a VR prostitute. But Jake's friend believes she's a real person held in captivity and asks Jake's help to free her. Uh, so so hey i have to say first that last episode we got to andy town this episode fantasy town it's true we're seeing all the towns yeah in- although a fantasy town just is a gross strip club oh it, it just looks like a bad nightclub but it's uh it's we started off in the vr prostitute room of carlotta and by the way isn't this like the third episode that started with in some sort of brothel it seems like that is a is a, a well, recurring opening opening uh cold open here on the show in that first episode we also started with a client and a prostitute who also was in a room very much like they the set deck for that it's it's all veils yeah. and drapes everywhere and like the music is kind of like a pan flute like that's the most erotic <laughs> music i don't know why why pan flute's so funny but it very it really is oh well, that's that's the music they're playing it's crazy so what we're doo, 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 doo. <laughs> what we're seeing here is that assembly man david lane is in love with this what is theoretically a vr prostitute but as is already spoiled by the uh, synopsis is a woman in captivity somewhere and he suspects as much so he his time's about to run out with her and it's really weird like a super on the tell, like a super imposed like graphic appears on the TV that just says "Fantasy Town Plaza's Low." Oh, I didn't notice that. It, like, I guess the idea is in the VR thing. He's seeing like his time is almost. I don't know what Plaza is. Like, they just say mm. Plaza's Low. It's really weird. Uh, and if it were in VR, like, it's just showing up on my TV set like that. Like, it's not like this guy mm. is seeing it it's, or even acknowledging that it's there it's it's like as if they're like we need some sort of reason to get him out of here just just put a super up that says his plaza is low so as he comes out of vr assemblyman lane is uh, confronted by the madam who's like i'm gonna blackmail you into voting for this cyber property law you have a vote coming up for or i guess i'll kill the vr carlotta woman i i was well the 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 implication is this technology, whatever it might be, this VR is so much more realistic than normal VR, correct? That's what they, they keep sort of implying that while people are very addicted to going into these VR worlds, there is something less than real about it because 
they say at this point, like, you can smell her and touch her, which I assume you can do in the normal VR, but whatever. They imply that this is this is a well, I guess the more way realistic. She, the way she behaves isn't computer-like. Although they do mention that this, like, VR, this VR brothel, although I think you can have, I think it's a brothel with VR capabilities. They do mention that they have Philorama chips in their VR. I did laugh at that, yeah. Um, so you're right. There is a little more to it. But then I think even with Carlotta, I think the feeling of her is that she feels more real than maybe a computer-generated program. It's, right. it's weird. Uh, like the threat is odd the whole thing is a weird way to kick off the show but let me ask you about this vr technology so you put on your little headset and i noticed that this one has a little nose thing too oh this is the first time i noticed that too jake jake adjusts the hose to the nose you can get the smells which is pretty good that's a good little detail but we've seen before when they were the video game jake and uh, his kid were in the video game they were actually fighting so are you actually like removing your clothes and having sex with this woman because if so, if someone was, wa- <laughs> let's say that's the case in a VR, if someone was just watching you in this room, are they just seeing you like hump in the air, like your weird naked body? Do you know I, what I mean? I think that everything we've seen about VR so far says yes, says that's exactly okay, what, that's what happens. Thought. Now here's, here's my follow-up question and, and it's a little gross, but what, what is happening? Because this was actually a, a thought in, even in, in Star Trek The Next Generation where they had the holodeck. Because they always implied that Barkley was going into the holodeck and he was having sex with the other with the other people. But what happens when you turn the program off? Like, what happens to your bodily fluids, as it were? Is it just on the ground? Well, I will say in Tech War so far, all the scenes have been very chaste. No one's even got right. remotely close to having their clothes. Like, That's what I mean. I know because, you know why? Because someone in the, in the room was like, guys, what are we going to do here? Like... They, they they always just get to the point where like we love Carlotta but she just does a lot of like she I think she dances with Jake and they kind of like there's a lot of rubbing up against each other and sitting on beds and then talking but nothing happens well even with the assemblyman like it, it does look very like it looks like a courtship more than anything like, right this brothel is is very PG yeah um, there is one topless woman though uh, like a, a hologram woman but you only see her from the back do you notice that I did I did notice I didn't yeah. notice that she dances with Jake and he's all like, yeah. Well, let's get into this because this let's bring Jake into this episode. Basically, the assemblyman goes to Cosmos because he's like, Jake, I need your help. I know Carlotta's more than she seems. You got to help me. I don't want to get blackmailed into voting for this thing. And he like interrupts Jake about to go on a date with Houston. Yeah, which I was like, hey, they're finally going on their date. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. The time doesn't really make sense. Remember last time they're like, we haven't seen you in a while and she'd just been there. So who knows? Maybe it's only been another day. I mean, this might not be their first day. This could be another. They could have gone on a couple of dates. But... Right. And by the way, do, does does Nika not feel like she's way too into them dating? She keeps making like, oh, and making these comments. It's like, Nika, get your own life. <laughs> so in order to like find out what's going on with Carlotta, they decide Jake needs to like go undercover. So they make up an alias for him. Clive Ellison. Why did he need to even come up with that? Like, couldn't they just said, yeah, you're Clive Benison or whatever you said his name was. But like, th- no one checked his ID. He well, just, he just went into this place and then he's like, I, and here's what he looked like. He looked like, and this might only be a joke for me. He appeared to be the impersonation Norm MacDonald did of Burt Reynolds on Saturday Night Live on the original uh, SNL Jeopardy sketches. That's what he looked like. Well, it's really the only thing he did to get into character for this alias was he just put on a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. No, but for one of the scenes, he kind of uses a Southern accent. Right, for, right. For no reason. It's like, why does he have to have that accent? I mean, it, it, it's very strange that he just set him up that way. Because, like, he's gone on missions before where that hasn't been a problem. But anyway, Houston's excited. They're going to go on a case for their date. 
But as soon as they pull up to Fantasy Town, they have a problem. Someone's going to recognize Jake. Fan favorite Lizette is a bouncer at the doors. I know. I actually, I, I, I thought at first, oh no, there's another guy like that. They're, they're doing this, but and it's, it's the same guy. No, I know. They brought back the same. Like I'm not sure if it's like. I mean, they don't even know. It's not. It's either a man in drag or a, someone who's transsexual. Like I don't know if the writers even distinguish between them. But like, it's just played for a gag. Yeah, in a really thick French accent, in quite, quite an ensemble, and. Yeah, it's just there for a gag. Houston basically arrests Lizette on an outstanding warrant so that Jake can get in, so get by without being recognized into the club. What are the legal ramifications for Jake getting into a place with a fake ID? Let's say he got there and he got the information he needed. You're never going to be able to prosecute. He's not a cop. I know, but but it doesn't matter. So like, but that's never going to stand up in court. He has no warrant. I, I don't know what Jake's job is still, so it, it doesn't really matter. I don't. Right. <laughs> anyway, they so Jake. Gets in to Fantasy Town. It's just a bad nightclub. They put on VR glasses. They're like, "What kind of, what kind of, what kind of holographic uh, VR liaison would you want?" And there are three options. And by the way, it was the most annoying menu screen ever. I'd have been like, "I'm out of this. I can't deal with this woman." Yeah, it's just like, "What do you want, girls, boys, androids?" <laughs> Those yeah. are your three options. Also, the, the 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 Android was very unattractive, so I don't think anyone was picking Androids. I don't know if you noticed. Well, like, oh, no one wants that it Android. It does help that they have that horrible forehead like plate <laughs> on them that makes them look like a Neanderthal. It's really awful. Right. And also, why why do they have to refer to like the other like it's girls or boy? Can it be like? men and women like it just feels like that's your problem with it feels real gross like the whole place felt real gross well it could have been it could have been like men women androids children <laughs> it's funny this is a very pg sort of brothel in it i mean it's about as edgy as tech wars gotten and i don't this doesn't need to be the sopranos or something but it is funny how i think they're trying to push how grimy this sort of place is but it doesn't look any different than any of the other bad sets. Do you know what I mean? Like it still has yeah. the same weird blue and purple lighting. And Anyway, Jake doesn't want any of those options. So he's like using his best cowboy accent. He's just like trying <laughs> to like get her to show him the good stuff at the bar. And he does what Jake does best is he pulls out his credit device and just slips her a whole bunch of credits. Yeah. As, we're ba- as we were mentioning expense reports earlier, they mentioned how much Carlotta cost. It's yeah. 5,000 credits. For whatever the time limit is. An hour. 5,000 okay. credits an hour. My count, he's, he, he, the first one to get the test was free. But he goes back three times. Minimum three times. So that's 15,000 credits, which we're led to believe is a lot of money. He hasn't been hired by anybody. Dave, his friend, is asking him to just check in on things. He's not hired officially. And then, again, spoiler alert, Dave's dead. So what... what what is who he, gets the bill? Who gets the bill for this? I, I have the same notes here. Like I made notes every time he went in. I'm like, that's another 5,000 credits. Yeah. He just what spent. did you, was 15,000? Yeah, 15,000. He yeah. spends 15,000 credits on this VR prostitute. And so end. he's going to have to now get this to uh, Boscombe's accountant and go, they're like, did you just spend $15,000 on a VR prostitute? He's like, yeah, it was for a case. Which case? Uh, well, I was out with Houston. Like she doesn't work here. Uh... Sid died. I feel sad. Okay, we'll let you go. <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I, this one I was really, I really did notice. It's just like, Winger's right. You are out of control on these expense reports. Yeah, he is out of control. So with this sort of tip bribe, he gets invited to Carlotta's room. Where the first thing he says to her is like, she, he tells her she seems pretty real. And I'm like, why? You've been in here for two seconds. Like, 
What yeah. do you mean she seems pretty real? She- well, and that's the thing they keep doing. It's like, but all the other holograms we've seen so far, holograms, VR, whatever you call it, they all seem very real. So again, I didn't see anything that indicated she was bore real. I know why, because they have to show that there is something different about this um, VR, but yeah. yeah. Also, also, Jake's real weird and creepy with her. For someone who's like trying to save someone from something, he's like super taking advantage of her. And well, it's creepy. This comes up again, but this, like I even made a note that the first time he goes in, and this will come up every time he goes in, they're working under the theory and will eventually confirm she is essentially a sex slave. Yeah. Like she's being held against her will. Granted, it's VR. She's being held against her will as a prostitute. In this first encounter, Jake kisses her. Well, he's on a date with Houston. I know. Like, he's a real creep. He's just a piece of garbage. Yeah. And and he, I think he kisses her every time he's in there. And he's very flirty. And it's like, it's by, like uh, by you're the, in a case. By the end, I, I believe he even tells her he loves her. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Like, I, I think it gets that far where like she's being held against her will to perform sexual acts on strangers. You're supposed to save her, not continue to take advantage. Yeah, he becomes he becomes one of the creepy customers. There's no line there. It's it's awful. And I mean, immediately after this, you're right, like his client, his buddy, the the assemblyman is killed by the madam with like her. She has a wrist knife that like pops out of her wrist. She stabs him to death when he won't like do what she wants or something. I like, though, that she stabs him. She's like she convinces him not to shoot her. And she's like, there's all these witnesses around. And then she just stabs him. I know. It's like, okay. It's really weird because killing him serves a plot purpose, but a really weird plot purpose. It gives Houston a subplot. Because now that he's dead, Winger is put on the case. Because if right. a person in government is assassinated, you put Winger on the case. That's what we're discovering. Yeah. Was uh, that two episodes in a row? Two episodes. Like, he was supposed to investigate the senator's assassination. Right. This guy's dead now. Winger's put on the case. And Houston just, like, it, she just wants the case. Like, she keeps investigating it. Her boss chews her out and says... That's Winger's case. You have your own cases. And and he was 100% right. Every time she's complaining about it, he's like, he's right. She She's supposed to go pick up a witness. She skips it to harass judges who yeah. she thinks might be involved in the case. Like The witness is probably still sitting at the airport waiting to get picked up. I, I really, like, Houston is Jake. Yeah. She's so bad at her job. Yeah. Like, painful. Like she, it's funny, though, because clearly the the point that the writers are making, you're supposed to sympathize with her. You know, uh, the man is telling her what to do. But it's like, that is your job as a cop. He's like, that. He, the fact he told you to solve your cases and work your caseload and not interfere with another police officers. And she's like, I can't believe it. And at one point she's like, what am I going to do with all this information I get? And he's like, well, give it to Winger. And I'm like, you have to be told that? That's ridiculous. And so it's like, they try to play him as this bad guy, but... He's he's clearly dealing with a bad police department. Yeah, I mean she she's implying there's some sort of conspiracy going on, but that never really comes to fruition. Like I, I I'll jump ahead. Like the, she gets shooted a few times, but there is like this series of lines where they're screaming at each other, and he's just like, "Stop doing this! You're going over the top." And she tells him, "Following the evidence isn't going over the top." And her boss says, "You've got no evidence," <laughs> and she turns around and says. Let me get some. Like, I, I was like, I think you're not doing anything. I know. It's like she had never been a police officer before. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here because like, there's a lot of stuff. But like, it is just her subplot is she's a terrible police officer. And then after that exchange, she quits. She quits the police force. I know. They made you try to do your job. And when you didn't want to, you just decided the easiest thing to do was quit. Um, I, I, Let me mention a couple of funny things that you don't have to keep in. 
But uh, there, there was one line where um, it was either Nika or Jake says, they go, Rossi has his finger in everything, like banking, securities. And I, and I started laughing because I was sure they were going to say prostitutes. <laughs> and they, they didn't, but I thought that would have been funny. Would a good joke. Well, that, that yeah, kinda, it would have been a good joke. That kind of goes into like the, the basics of the plot. Like they're trying to figure out who would be back blackmailing politicians is Carlotta. They figure out there's what, like, there's only one guy in the world, apparently, who it makes sense for, which is this uh, Rossi guy who Jake goes to visit and, like, in his cowboy his alias. His Burt Reynolds character, yeah. Just so he can ask some questions about Carlotta. And, like, the guy, like, is just like, nope, please leave. Yeah, like, he just stonewalls it, like, with no problem. Like, Jake gets nowhere. And then, like, his phone rings. And I guess uh, a porn actress is calling him? No, it was the madam. Was it the madam? Oh, no, you're right. It was a different lady. And he uses his classic line. Well, this is his trademark. Yeah, his trademark pickup line. You'll have to excuse me for staring at your eyes. Yeah, because he's clearly not. He's looking at their breasts. Anyway, about this point, like, I made a note here. Because Jake keeps going back and he keeps pushing her to have her memories about who she was. Because they figure out that she must be somebody. Like, they, they use a fancy, what do they call it? The Neural Feedback Identa EEG Calibration, yeah. which is just, like, goggles he puts on that's just, it's a sketch artist. That's like, a fancy sketch artist. Yeah. And they figure out this woman's face is a woman who's been missing, Kendall, or uh, Madeline Kendall. Uh, she's been missing since 2045, so I guess that year? Maybe. That maybe year, yeah. I think they mentioned six months before. Did you catch the one, the only piece of uh, information about her in her bio? No. Uh, raised on a Christmas tree farm. Oh, that's right. Because it's funny that you mentioned that because later on when Jake's getting her to project her, her memories and he's like, look, there's Christmas trees. And I was like, why is she talking about Christmas trees? But that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. She's look Christmas trees and they show her memory as she's having it. She's not looking around the Christmas tree farm. She's in a house and there's a Christmas tree decorated for Christmas. (laughs) like, I'm just like, well, this doesn't tell you anything. It's great. Like Jake keeps going back and pushing her and pushing her to have memories. And at some point she's just like, she calls him a philosopher. And I'm like, no, not Jake. Yeah. Uh, not a philosopher. But at some point he pushes her hard enough. He's just like, you're Madeline. Remember who you are. And they do a morph effect of her from like this negligee wearing prostitute. And it morphs. And it's just like, just her in a sweater now. I loved it because she was wearing um, uh, 1990s jeans that were high, raise, high waist. I really like that. But there was one part where she's like, there's no Madeline here. And then I was hoping she was going to say, there's only Zool, but she didn't. Um, but yeah, Jake, I, I felt like Jake was really pushing her. It's like, again, it's like someone who's clearly been abused. She's not in a good place. He's just pushing her and pushing her, pushing her. And, at and the making same time, out with her. And making out with her. It's like, oh, this is so inappropriate. It is. It is crazy. And he finally pushes her hard enough where she kind of morphs into a sweater woman. Like the exact same woman wearing a sweater. But she's wearing different clothes, so you know she's not a prostitute now. Yeah, sure. I mean, they still, like, wardrobe still dressed her sexy. It's insane. Yeah, she's still showing a little bit of midriff. Like, uh, she looked like Jennifer Aniston from The purpose of that morph <laughs> was to see her as a person, but, like, wardrobe just dressed her as if it's, like, a slightly different fantasy. It was, uh, it's so weird. Um, but now she has flashbacks, and we get, a, like, I'm remembering what happened to me, and we, like, see a flashback of a car flipping over. Her right. horribly disfigured. Yeah, I know. And uh, like a POV shot of a drill coming down at her, like at the camera. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I made a note. I was like, oh, I hope she's a brain in a jar. 
she uh, sort of had like a Wolverine-esque flashback to the torture she's in, endured. She's endured. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, I like the, the big reveal better be she's a brain in a jar somewhere. That would have been great. You know Tech Ward was not going to do that, though. This leads into my theory that Cardigan is an android. Okay. All he saw was a flash of a car accident, a flash of her horribly disfigured getting pushed on a gurney, and this drill. He immediately figures out what hospital she was at. That's literally, like, he just sees a hallway of a hospital. And him, next thing you see is him in Houston at the hospital asking questions about a Jane Doe that came in. And they're told, oh, she died. And they're like, what about the doctor who worked in her? He also died. He drowned in a relaxation tank the next week. I know. That was funny. Uh, so this is like Rossi, I guess, has, he's been scanning hospitals looking for the perfect woman to be incapacitated. He basically was like, I'm going to go around hospitals. I need someone who is just about to die. Also, despite the possible disfiguration they may have, you know, they may have at this moment, I think they they may look like they may used to have been hot so that I can use their brain to project whatever. But like, could you just project anything? Do you know what I mean? Because they're blocking her memories in some way. So why couldn't you just project yourself to be a better looking person? You run a brothel. You run already people on the margins. You could just take one of them. Yeah. Uh, and then also you have to kill a doctor along the way. The doctor yeah. who saved her life. You also. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work for her specifically. For a blackmail VR robot. like Or a, like a VR that's so realistic that you can blackmail judges and assemblymen with it. Right. It's, it's a very long convoluted plot. Jake discovers basically what happened to her. He once again goes back, makes out with her some more. And she has another flashback where Jake's like, I know that room. Yeah, it's it was in so Fantasy dumb. Town. I'm like, you guys didn't look around the building? Yeah. Also, the the rooms they go to look nothing like the rest of the building they're in. Yeah, it's like a, a back room that apparently yeah. Jake was vaguely aware of. Yeah. Anyway, him and Houston, like, bust into the room. Uh, they kill a couple thugs and then, like, throw the madam onto her own knife to get rid of her. Didn't, didn't that feel like that action whole scene was just thrown in, though? Like, someone was like, guys, this whole episode, there has to be a fight. Because it was just, and but here's what I liked about it. Did you notice man on woman, woman on man fight? I did notice that they switch. Unusual. Usually it's like man on man or uh, robot on robot. But this time, <laughs> yeah, robot on robot. This time they switched it up a little. I did appreciate. I did notice and appreciate that. Uh, it, but you're right. It felt like oh, we forgot our requisite action sequence in yeah. this episode, <laughs> which is good because we would have died without it. And of course, they discover Carlotta slash Madeline. She's not. A brain in a jar, sadly. But she is basically in a hyperbaric chamber with wires running out of her head. Yeah. Uh, They're basically keeping her alive just so they can So her brain brain. can live the thing. At which point, uh, the bad guy, the, like, I guess, brothel owner, porn mogul, Rossi appears on a screen and says, "Eh, she's basically dead. Uh, I'm just going to turn off her life support now. And also, you have no evidence against me. They actually, like, don't catch him in the episode. Like, he gets away with it, which is a first for this show. He also quotes uh, uh, T.S. Eliot, okay. it, but it doesn't make any sense why. Like he quotes The Hollow Man, but it doesn't really work at all. It just seems like that's a famous poem. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like he shows up, he like explains her, he unplugs her life support, and then he kind of is just like, well, you didn't catch me, bye. And yeah, I know. And they're like, well, we'll never catch him then. But there is a nice moment, I have to say, because she mentions uh, that I guess she's, she's never be able to like just hold someone's hand again. And then Jake breaks the... The glass. A glass and holds her hand, which I actually have to say, it kind of gets ruined after, but was maybe one of the nicer moments I've seen on this show. Where I was like, this is actually 
a decently written scene calling back to something someone mentioned well, that makes sense. I agree because he broke the glass and he held her hand, and I'm just like, this is kind of a nice thing because you don't know if she can feel it, but like it, it, it like it shows some emotion on his part. And they but should have just finished it there. He that, immediately lets right. go, and I'm like, oh, why did he let go of her hand? She's not dead yet. But he runs over, puts on VR glasses, and starts making out with her. Like I know, like his one. And she's like, I could have felt, I felt your hand, I felt your hand. It's like I know they missed the beat. There was actually a really nice, almost somber moment they could have finished on of just he holds her hand, and the audience remembers that line. He remembers. And we and never that, know if she felt it. We never he know, tried. But, but he tried. Yeah, no, that's actually like, wow, that's really good. But then, yeah, he has to go be a creep. But he the holds VR. her hand for two seconds and then runs to the closest VR thing. Houston's in the room this time. I know. Like he goes in and almost immediately starts making out with her. She, she, Houston's probably looking at him. Clearly, can see his erection. <laughs> I like that's why I'm just I'm like, does she know what's happening? I I don't know. Um, and anyway, so she dies and Jake's a creep, and we're kind of in the aftermath. Jake has, he technically did this earlier, but he offers Houston a job at Cosmo, which she takes because she has no job now. And like, that's just how jobs work. And again, yeah, apparently uh, Cosmo, because Shatner's nowhere to be seen. His employees are just offering other people's jobs. This is the second time. They offered uh, Dax. Yeah. They offered Dax a job in an earlier episode. I think, you think Boscom's just on a really long vacation. The, the staff are just doing whatever they want right I now. think he's dead. He's They're dead just up. like, hey, let's hire this lady. Yeah. I mean, Boscom's not here. What's he going to do about it? Yeah, like, yeah, they're paying. They're paying uh, Jake's fifteen thousand dollars prostitute bills. <laughs> He's just a wall. That, that must be it. So she joins, and like we close in this scene, and Jake. I'm just gonna close. Like this is the end of the scene, but Jake is so upset. He is so much more upset about this than when Sid died. Yeah, I know. He is like beyond distraught. I'm like, you barely cared when Sid died, and this woman you've been taking advantage of an entire episode. Like this is like the end of the world to you, and you're sitting next to your girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Theoretically, I don't know what what Houston is to him anymore, but yeah. Well, I think it's going to get complicated in future episodes if they do become partners, which it looks like they're, it looks like they're planning. Uh, it's crazy. crazy anyway, and show. that was it. That was the two episodes. Yeah, uh, and the show remains as weird as ever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Uh, you want to give me some final thoughts and some scores on these on these episodes? Well, again, as I said in the opening, I actually think these two episodes were. I don't know, far, far better or far superior than, than the previous episodes, but I, I like them a lot more. I would give episode nine a seven out of 10. Interesting. I kind of liked him with the robot. Android, whatever he is. I like them together. I give it a seven. I mean, it's kind of goofy, but I just thought you at least got to see more androids. You explained who he was and I thought it was okay. That's all right. I, I don't entirely disagree with you. Um, I like I I think I'm gonna give it. This may be a little high, but I I'm gonna give it a six. All right. I like I I did I liked Winger. I liked them as partners. Like yeah. they had some of the better effects in the show. Yeah, and like that that the robot melting really won me over. There was really only one red herring that wasted time in the episode. So like it was maybe, more or less on point the whole episode. Maybe that's what it was. It did feel like the episode wasn't wasting my time as much, which is maybe my major complaint with tech war is you you get through 45 minutes and you think she's like this could be in five minutes there's five minutes of content and that episode actually seemed like it had kind of a plot yeah i I mean maybe how androids work don't make a lot of sense but at least it tried yeah so next episode the uh, episode 10 i'm I'm gonna say it i'm gonna give this a 7.5 wait carlotta's room yeah i liked it better i actually i actually really liked the episode and uh, you know why because I don't know, I don't know why I, 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 the scene with like, it was so close to being a, a decent episode, despite all the creepiness. Weird. I thought 
there was something interesting there and they just they just kept missing the mark really close but i i don't know why i just felt like yeah seven and a half i mean do we disagree i will agree that there was some kernel of an interesting idea in there but like I felt this show, this episode spun its wheels so hard. I, I'm, it's a two for me. Oh my gosh, we've never we've never had such a disparity. We have never been this far apart. Yeah, I don't know why. I just kind of I was like, yeah, I, I like this episode. Maybe I was just in a good mood. Yeah, I, I mean, and you were in a terrible mood. More power to you, Jordan. No way, um, it's a two. But oof, I. Uh, What's our uh, right, ranking go, right now? I'm gonna go in to the uh, the old uh, continuum drag computer here. And uh, see see how this average scores are looking on uh, Tech War these days. That two is really gonna pull things down. Can't believe you gave it a seven point five. That's blowing. I think my that, mind. I think that's my I'm ranking with my highest episode ever. This is the highest you've rated a Tech War. Is it? Maybe I'll regret it. All right. So Tech War lives to fight another day. Oh yeah. We are we are running at a series average now of five point two. It's actually increased. Oh, it's uh, well. I think I really did it with those. Those tech last. War is really. Uh, I mean, I I liked I liked the first one. I, I moved my score up. So what am I gonna say? Tech War gets to come around for another day. That about wraps it up. I think for uh, this episode. Yeah. Um, if you wanna get a hold of us to talk tech, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail or find us on Instagram and Twitter at uh, continuumdrag. And uh, I think most importantly, if you also agree with uh, Luke's theory that Jake is a uh, android. Please let us know and provide details. I'm not quite convinced yet, but uh, that would be interesting. Uh, if you do them in point form, I'll uh, figure out how to get them on the episode, or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> because because Luke can't read full sentences. Has to be point form. Well, I don't want to read full sentences. Yeah, fair Too enough. Too long. Fair enough. All right, you guys. Everyone have a good... good uh, never mind. See you next week. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright. <laughs>